The May unemployment rate unexpectedly fell to 13.3% from the previous 14.7% a month prior, signaling a very slow recovery since the shutdown of parts of the economy due to the coronavirus pandemic, which is still ongoing. The latest jobless claims ending on June 13th pushes the three-month total of job losses to 46 million since the closing of the economy months earlier. Today, we're going to talk about the central bank and how it impacts the economy and what tools the federal government has or uses uh, to get the economy going and encourage more spending. I'm also going to bring back James Noel, a local economist, uh, to discuss this with me today. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson, where we talk about money, business, and life. Let's get into it. So today we're going to talk about another big cog in the uh, economic machine, and that's actually the central bank. Uh, The central bank uh, for the United States pretty much determines uh, the rate at which commercial banks can borrow money uh, in the economy. Uh, They usually uh, pull this lever where they increase that rate or increase that rate or decrease that rate. Uh, based on what they want to do in the economy. So I want to bring James into the conversation here. Uh, man, what are you seeing out in the economy? And you know, why do you think Jerome Powell uh, is keeping the interest rate so low, for example, at the Central Bank today? Yeah. So one, thanks for having me back on the uh, Good Samaritan podcast. Uh, real excited to be back and uh, obviously talking economics. Um, if we just kind of take a look at what's actually going on in the economy over the past couple of months, obviously one, a major pandemic uh, has slowed everything down uh, to a grind and halt in major industries. Uh, and then obviously civil unrest has caused, um, you know, impact from an economic standpoint as well. Uh, so with all these things kind of happening, there's a couple of things that, you know, obviously our government, you know, has in their toolkit and that's obviously the partner with the Federal Reserve in order to get money, uh, you know, into the system. So kind of how this all kind of works, you know, um, the Federal Reserve operates on what's called monetary policy. So so what is monetary policy? This is them to be able to enact a policy that uh, works, you know, a lot quicker, a lot faster uh, than say what Congress can do. Yeah. So Congress, they, they do fiscal policy, which is obviously on an annual basis and obviously not effective to better respond to, say, the pandemic um, or uh, civil unrest. Yeah. yeah, so I, as you bring the pandemic up, I think it, it's good to remind everybody why the pandemic is such a big deal um, and why the, why the central bank is, you know, has a, a big role in the pandemic. Uh, as you remember from the first episode of How the Economic Machine Works, uh, pretty much the economy is driven by spending. Uh, every person's spending is another person's income. Well, with the pandemic and the shutting down of so many different parts of our economy, that means people stop spending, but it also means that people stop making money uh, as well. So the Fed, uh, as well as Congress, have different cogs that they can use to help expand and generate more spending in the economy. Uh, so I, I just wanted to make that point there. So I, I'll throw it back to you. So as as you talk about this monetary policy uh, for the central bank and Jerome Powell, what they're trying to get done, especially since the pandemic, 
Uh, I looked up what the uh, current bank rate or discount rate is actually by the Fed. It's it's 0.25 percent. So they can uh, commercial banks can borrow at 0.25 percent as of March 15th, uh, which is why some of you probably uh, heard about people refinancing their mortgages because uh, it means ultimately by the consumer side, they can get a better deal on the mortgage. So uh, what does that monetary policy look like right now? And then what you know, why do we care? what that monetary policy is. Yep, so kind of just take a step back just for a second, just kind of explain that monetary policy. So a couple things within monetary policies, they're they're controlling the country's money supply. Uh, You already alluded to it. They're controlling the interest rates at which banks can borrow. And then obviously they got goals with this. So they got goals in mind too. Yeah. Just, hey, let me fix something. But it's also, hey, we got a desired outcome here. Yeah. And some of those goals is obviously to encourage employment, you know, stabilize prices. So that yeah. goes back to our conversation before on inflation. And then obviously uh, looking at long-term interest rates. Yeah. Um, so they have to kind of look at it in, in, in those perspectives and apply it to the current situation at hand in order to make an yeah. informed decision. So um, kind of some of the things, I guess you could say tools yeah. that they have when we take it a layer deeper is they can buy government bonds and securities. Yeah. Um, and they could obviously, you know, lower that discount rate, lower or raise it depending so, on the situation. So let me, let me stop you. When, they, when you say they can buy bonds and securities, are you saying the central bank can buy? Are you saying commercial banks? Are you saying people? Like who's buying the bonds and the, the treasury? Notes? Yeah, so all three yeah. people can, can buy. But okay. in order for the Fed to control that money supply, which is obviously yeah. part of that monetary policy, they, they will be buying the securities, right? Okay. Or, or the bonds, if you will, the U.S. Treasury notes and, uh, and things of that nature. So when they when they buy, yeah, they're they're buying from the United States Treasury, and basically they're getting the U.S. Treasury is getting cash. And okay. Obviously, that allows Congress to be able to do things. Um, and same thing, banks hold these securities as well. So. So these treasury notes or these securities, it sounds like basically the U.S. Treasury is buying a loan from the central bank. Does U.S. Treasury have to pay this money back to the central or whoever buys it? In this case, it sounds like it's the central bank. But if, so if I go buy a bond or a security, this is me uh, technically lending money to the government. Yes. Is that is that correct? Correct. Okay. Now, however, if yeah. you buy that bond and say you come under some you need to you need some cash. Yeah. Because a bond ain't, you can't go to the grocery store with. Yeah. Uh, and then I come and say, hey, I actually want an investment mm-hmm. in the government security. So I got the cash, you got the need, we exchange. So it's really just who holds that bond. Okay. The government's still gonna pay on that bond. It's just okay. who, whoever holds it, that's who's getting the money. Okay. So what, uh, and I'll give a good example, uh, back in March when a lot of this already has started, um, the, the uh, Federal Reserve actually purchased a couple different types of securities. So they actually, through the CARES Act, Congress passing the CARES Act, um, the, the Federal Reserve actually purchased uh, $200 um, $250 billion in corporate bonds. All right, now they actually bought bonds from businesses. 
Now, along with that, they also bought uh, $200 billion in, in uh, government bonds. So, so to stop you there, so, the, so as we talk about the cogs of what the Federal Reserve or Central Bank can use to spur the economy, essentially these corporations had these bonds that the government was paying on, right? Well, yes and no. Okay. So a company can actually issue a bond as well. Okay. So company issued a bond yep. to the Federal Reserve, basically, right? Basically, yes. Okay. The reason why they did this is to create cash. Correct. So they issue bonds basically saying, hey, we'll, you know, we need, the corporation saying we need money. Yep. <laughs> basically. They go to the Federal Reserve and say, hey, we'll give you this bond. So say this bond is worth $100. Let's make it. Uh, make it simple. As a part of that bond, the company um, also, you know, promises to pay interest on that bond. Correct. I would assume. Correct. So it's basically it's kind of a loan, sort of. Yeah, it, it, sort it, it, of. Principle, yeah. yeah. In principle, it's a loan. Okay. Uh, but what this does for the company yeah. is that now they have more liquidity, which means now they can do investments. They can either stand up another building, another store, buy more inventory. Which allows them to obviously sell goods in the market, and then they're you know they're able to make money. And that's a great point you make because the the thing you'll hear about on this podcast all the time is spending drives the economy. So corporations need this money to spend to buy things in the economy, whether it be resources uh, for more workers or uh, for more buildings or more assets. Uh, that continues to drive the economy because it allows people to also make income when they go to spend that money, which is why a big re- one of the cogs of the central bank and how they spur, quote unquote, expansion or drive the economy. This is how they try to help employ people or uh, put more money into the economy. Correct. Cool. So one thing, just you just kind of hit on the word, just want to yeah. kind of throw this out there for all the listeners, because when we talk about what's happening now. Uh, the the poly, monetary policy is expansionary. So it is, okay. let's put money into the banks, businesses, um, and allow economic growth. And then obviously as things get better, they do something that's called uh, contractionary, where they're going to, instead of buying bonds, they're going to sell the ones that they own. So that will yeah. pull money yeah. out, of the, uh, out, of the, uh, out of the hands of uh, businesses and consumers. So how do they go about uh, contraction? How do they go about creating con- contraction? I will. You, you hit on something. I want us to go in another direction with it. But some would have the opinion, and this is why you've heard about fights over the last few years, particularly with the current presidency, <laughs> is raising interest rates. Raising interest rates is would be another cog, and I'll, I'll let you describe that before I ask you that. Uh, so I actually I'll hold it now. So I'm gonna hold that question for you and let you finish the point uh, that you got right now. Yeah, no. I'm yeah. Just, in, in terms of con- being yeah. contractionary, I, yeah. I, I was good, but we can move on to the okay. Topic. So the first, so the first cog is buying bonds, treasury notes. It's pretty much a loan to uh, spur the economy, where it's corporate bonds um, uh, to give corporations more cash to to generate spending, which generates income. Uh, the second cog uh, that the central bank or the Federal Reserve has uh, is the use of interest rates, as I kind of alluded to earlier. 
so what I was actually going in that direction when I, I mentioned the presidency and the fight over interest rates uh, on that contractionary point. So we always think about the central bank as expanding uh, the the economy and putting more money in the economy. There is also a bad thing about doing so, which I'll let James cover before there. Uh, on the contractionary piece, why would a why would the central bank want to contract the economy? Why would they want to pull money out of the economy? Because uh, the previous monetary policy that was, you know, instituted or executed, if you will, um, started to jolt the economy. So the economy mm -hmm. began to start working. So if you got yeah. too much money out there, it can cause, uh, you know, some issues. Okay. Now, if we only got, you know, resources are finite. So anything, any good that's made, there's only so much of it. But if everybody can buy it, at some point, there's not going to be enough for others. So obviously prices go up to help control that. But then now you got a bunch of money just kind of sitting around, not, not really doing anything. So if you remember the current president, uh, the current presidential administration, I should say, uh, was a, you know trying to, I won't say pressure uh, Mr. Powell, but they, they made their stance known on uh, not raising those interest rates. Um, they didn't want to raise those interest rates because it, you know, would slow down the economy ultimately. No matter how you look at it, when you raise interest rates, as we talked about in that first episode, it reduces the amount of borrowing that's going to happen in the economy because it costs more to borrow. Uh, when people aren't able to borrow, that means there's less spending in the economy. And as I said before, if there's less spending, there's less income for people to make in the economy, ultimately uh, reducing the size of the economy going forward, which leads to that word, that, that R word people talk about all the time is recession. So um, as we talk about interest rates, should we think about what do you, what do you think? Should we should we are we at the point where we can uh, where we can move that lever back up and deal with the economy starting to contract, or do we need to do we need to look at negative interest rates? Because right now we're almost at zero. What's the what what's the uh, course of action from here, or what can happen from here? Well, I think to really just start with what you just said, uh, tying it both to the current administration's viewpoint. Uh, but then also to the pandemic and the civil unrest that's happening in our country right now, uh, you cannot go up right now. Uh, and, and now let me kind of take a side step here to kind of explain that bank rate yeah. real quick. So the Fed sets a rate that banks can borrow from them as well as from each other. Mm -hmm. right? And so if that rate is low, um, that allows a lot more borrowing from banks to occur. All right. And if banks can borrow more, um, then obviously they can pass that on to you and I as consumers yeah. who are looking to get a loan uh, to purchase whatever it may be. Yeah. So what also happens when that rate is lowered, then um, the banks also, their policy on lending is less uh, restrictive, it's more expansive in nature. Like, hey, I, we, have, we can borrow cheaply from the Federal Reserve, so hey, we can give out money cheaply as well that is attractive. It, you know, in the current situation that allows people to actually go forth and, 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 and you know, borrow from the bank, i.e., uh, what's happening right now. Everybody's refinancing home loans right now. Everybody. Yeah. That's like the biggest push, the biggest kick. You know, I remember I was just calling because I had an issue with uh, my online account, just something yeah. not working. And first thing they told me, hey, guess what? We can get you, you know, these interest rates. 
yeah. you know, uh, at, at this on your home loan. And so that's that's what was all that policy. So they flip a lever and it rolls right all on down uh, to the consumer. So, um, so that's needed because okay. borrowing, just like you said, yeah. in, you know, uh, volume one of this, this topic is, you know, what I spend, you know, helps generate somebody else's income. And so you have to keep people spending uh, as well as borrowing because borrowing generates profits as well for the banks um, and allows them to continue to loan, loan out money. So from the Fed's perspective, they've got, at least I, I see two cogs. I think you said there are three. So right now they use bonds and treasury notes to help uh, push money into the economy. Um, they also leverage the bank rate uh, as well to uh, whether, they also use the bank rate as well to expand the economy. So they lower it when they want to expand but they raise it when they want the economy to contract or they want to pull money out of the economy. So what what's the third way that they can that the central bank can impact the economy to help control i.e. either the money supply or to uh, incentivize banks and people and businesses to borrow uh, to keep the economy going. The last one's more specific to the banks. Okay. Right, which gets into a real kind of dry topic. <laughs> okay. But, um, it's it's res- what's called a reserve requirement. So the minimum amount of bank has to keep on hand in terms of cash. Okay. Um, and that reserve requirement affects a, a, you know, a couple different things from, you know, their ability to give you and I cash when we go to the ATM um, to also... Uh, how much they can make in loans. Okay. So, um, and that gets into a topic I will hold for another <laughs> podcast called, you know, fractional banking. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that one later because that, that one's a little more dense. But it's in essence high level, as simple as possible as I can explain it. There's a there's just a certain level of money that needs to be in that bank, and be and with that, that allows them to make a decision on how much money they can. So right now, I believe it's like 10% of all the money that the bank owns. Like when you and I have accounts at banks, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, you know, the Good Samaritan Bank. Yeah. You know, me and you got accounts there. We both put $100 in there. That's $200. At 10%, they at least got to keep 20 bucks. They okay. can lend out the other 180 at obviously okay. the current interest rate yeah. to make money. And so that that's how it works it, okay. in its simplest form. Okay, uh, but if obviously it's higher, they got to okay. keep more cash. It's less they can lend out, and less they can help uh, jolt the economy for, say, consumers or businesses to borrow from. Okay, so it's really then it's just two things for the central bank. It's, yeah, that affects everybody, but okay. again, the reserve requirement more actually so for helps the bank. Banks. Yeah. Okay, um, and then so is that the same when you hear about the central bank? Printing money is that pretty much the issuing of bonds and treasury notes, or is that something completely no, different? Completely different. All right, so how does the central bank print money? And then obviously, if they're printing money or pulling money out of thin air, as we probably already uh, beat the horse to death on what that does for the economy, actually creates more spending. What? Uh, how do they go about printing money? And then they, and then how do they juice the economy? So. Uh, when we're talking about uh, actual like printing the money, that, that that's really a, uh, the Treasury uh, Department. So the, the United States Treasury actually owns 
uh, the responsibility of you know printing currency and minting coins. Okay. Um, and then when we're talking about what the Federal Reserve can do, that's really boiling down to the relationship the Federal Reserve has with the banks, um, uh, which we we already talked about with that discount rate. So the federal the, the banks can actually borrow money from the central bank uh, at a lower uh, rate, and then in turn they can actually lend to consumers and businesses at a lower rate, which obviously. Uh, increases the amount of loans that will probably be issued because the rates are favorable. Uh, and then from a personal standpoint, now I'm I'm more favorable or likely to say, yeah, this is a great opportunity or a great deal because interest rates are low. We use the example prior with home loans. Hey, if I have a home, let me refinance it. If I don't, rates are so low that this is too, too good of an opportunity to pass up. So let me try to make that first investment and getting myself a home. Uh, because the cost of actually paying that back is going to be a lot lower than it was 15, 20 years ago. Okay, so to that point, if I'm the central bank, right now I'm lending at 0.25%. I lend that money to the commercial banks, so your JP Morgans and your Bank of, America. of Americas and well, Texas Fargo. Bank and whatever commercial bank you can think of, big or small. Uh, they borrow that money from the central bank at 0.25. Then for a home, for example, they will turn around and lend that money to you at 2.75. So their profit is built in so that they can loan that money to you. They pay back the bank plus their interest and they keep that profit in the difference between the 0.25 and the 2.75, for example, as as a home loan. Uh, or this commercial bank will lend it to a business uh, at a different interest rate, typically higher interest rates uh, over shorter terms than your uh, than than what you're familiar with uh, with the mortgage. So, with that said, you know why why does all this uh, matter to me as a consumer, uh, as a business? What does it you know for for Joe Blow on the street? You know, why does it, how does all this impact me ultimately? Ultimately, that's just happening in the background. I usually see, I might see, you might see Jerome Powell come out and say something, or you might see the squabbles or the political parts of the, of the process. But what, you know, what does it matter to me that the banks lowered the, the interest rate or they raised it or commercial banks lowered or raised it? What, what does it matter? Well, I think it matters in a couple of different ways. I would say, uh, you know, Life is all about duality. You know, there's all, you know, yin and yang, light yeah. and dark. So there's a, there's a good thing to the lower interest rates and then there's also, you know, a bad, you know, aspect to it. So the good aspect is, all right, there's like a credit card. Like I said, I recently did a balance transfer, uh, you know, trying to save myself a little money. Yeah. Uh, but in the course of that transfer too, that card, you know, gave me a very favorable rate. It's like, Five point nine percent, because obviously the cost, the current cost of borrowing for the bank is low. So, credit cards are variable in nature. So, as interest rates rise, that'll rise too. Yeah. But right now, it means I can go if I want to go get you know a TV or a couple clothing items. Now, the amount of money I'm have to pay the bank back to just to purchase those on credit is not as much as it was before. So now I got a you know, I still got to pay interest, but I got a little more purchasing power, if you will. I can I can get a little more and not take up my disposable income once I get it to pay this stuff back. Um, 
So that's kind of that good thing. That's a, the easy example is like using a credit card. Yeah. Uh, but that's the borrowing right now is easy and it's not going to be a strain on you. Um, but the bad aspect of it is, and we talked about this, yeah, uh, was the amount that you get, say, on your savings account or your checking yeah. account. So because those rates are so low, the amount of money you got in the, your, your bank right now is not really generating enough to keep up with inflation. So it, it can be a good thing in some aspects, but then it can be a bad thing. You so know, you actually hope. Yeah, you actually make a great point here. So it's actually, uh, I actually, when I was reading about this, there was a, uh, someone actually described it as a transfer of wealth from savers to borrowers. <laughs> so as any, if you know the, uh, pretty much the, the, the bare structure of a bank is, is they take in deposits, which is you putting your, you decide to put your money in the bank, hold it safe in the savings account. Uh, that same money you put in the bank, somebody else walks through the door right behind you and they go, hey, I got this great idea or to open a business or I want to buy a car or I need a credit, you know, I need a line of credit. The bank doesn't pull this money from somewhere else. They they use your deposits mm-hmm. to loan out to loan out this money. So I mean, technically, it's I mean, there's one way you can say it is your money that's being lent, uh, and the bank pretty much just manages this uh, this process. So to your point on the interest rates, I think the highest I could find on a savings account right now is about one point one four. Yeah, so one point. Four percent is what you can earn on a savings account in a in a bank, which is, I think we talked the last time. It's pretty much the the same rate of rate of inflation. Close to it. Close <laughs> pretty to close. It. <laughs> pretty, but, but it's yeah. still you, at, at yeah. that example, you still kind of losing money over time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, it, it just it was funny you brought up that point because. They, if the interest rate, you almost want the interest rates to go up if you have cash, because uh, you probably would rather put it into a bank, uh, because other investments are a little more risky, like the stock market and uh, in real estate and you know other vehicles of investment. So as we kind of talked about this whole system, like what you know, what does it, what does it mean to you? What does it matter to you if uh, the central bank raises interest rates or? drops interest rates or um, they or the government prints money to help generate uh, more spending and more economic activity uh, as James and I have discussed you know I've kind of likened it to you know musical chairs you know you play musical chairs growing up it's kind of like right now you know the last 10 years the party's been going hard since two, the bottom of 2008 really 2000 nine uh 2010 we started to tick up and we've been going up ever since in the economy the stock market it's been a big party so the music been playing for a while um but now the music's starting to get a little dim and at the end of the day you know in musical chairs there ain't all there ain't enough chairs for everybody to sit down in (laughs) (laughs) so ultimately you got to pay attention from your own personal finances uh, from that perspective, because you're you're a part of the system. You you know you was you wasn't tripping five years ago, three years ago, two years ago. 
to borrow that money at whatever the rates are to borrow now, but ultimately in the future, that debt has to be paid back. Uh, that recession comes because, as I talked about in the first episode, our spending is reduced because we got to pay the debt back. And if you got to spend that money paying debt, that means just you know you're not using that money to continue to spur economic uh, transactions with that spending. It, it now has to go to to service the debt. So how do you you know how do you um, uh, really make sure you're following that? It's the same tenets on this on this podcast. Uh, I, I'm gonna use the word cautious against debt, but really be. Uh, really be aggressive and not taking on too much debt uh, in your life, really any consumer debt, uh, and really turn that cash into assets that hold value. Uh, you guys will hear that on this show all the time. Uh, because of the system that we're a part of, there's always this um, worry about the, the, in the fear of a recession, literally this system is created because people want to borrow now and, and put the, the future on the back burner. But as long as you keep waking up, the future is going to come. It's going to come. As long as you keep waking up, which is a good thing, but the future is going to come and that money's old. So uh, that's why you have to be diligent about building your budgets, telling your money what to do, uh, buying assets and making the, the right investments. Because uh, when the music cuts off, uh, you want to be one of the one of the people in the economy that that has a chair. So, I throw it back to James on any any final comments before we wrap this this episode up. Yeah, no, I think you uh, hit the nail on the hammer there with the musical chairs. Uh, just one of the things uh, that kind of I spurred a thought as you were explaining is like as soon as the pandemic happened, uh, that's all you know. Me and my wife thought about was yeah. like, hey, all right, we got all this. The, you know, the, well, not really a lot, yeah. but these small little pockets of of money that we owe. So let's yeah. start taking care of it. And, yeah. and uh, when we added it up, you know, it was a significant amount of money that we were paying out. Now, it felt good to us. It was like, hey, we, we, we zeroed out our, under, you know, yeah. unsecured debt, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but that was a lot of money that we could have invested in or, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, Maybe improve the house a little bit yeah. and added some value there, or you know, and obviously leisure is obviously something you always want to think about. So, you know, taking a vacation. Obviously, yeah. everybody taking vacations right now, <laughs> but you know, yeah, that money did kind of go away and into one area, which is financial institutions. Yeah, uh, versus say a business that could have benefited from that extra money we had, or some contractor or somebody uh, who. You know, trying to yeah. make a living, or uh, again, us putting that money in the stock market so we can get a, a nice return on that and outpace inflation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it does have its impacts and its effects. And uh, I think uh, you're doing a really good job here putting this on and trying to educate the people out here. So, uh, I'm glad somebody's talking about it. <laughs> I don't think people really truly know, and that this is a good topic to, to be discussing right now in these times. Yeah, no, I think the point you made, like the fear, you you make an honest uh, example about kind of what you're facing, because I think a lot of people have started to pivot from the uh, the heyday and really uh, indulging in those experiences like vacations. Uh, some of it has been forced. I actually saw the savings rate went up to 33 percent from 7 percent 
we've been at the U.S. citizen has been at seven percent savings rate for the last freaking twenty years, and in one month it jumped up to 33 percent. Uh, some of that was forced savings, but um, it's it's indicative of the cycles, and we'll have a, a whole episode on debt cycles. Uh, but it looks like, and no one can predict it, uh, but people are starting to make that conscious decision to. Okay, maybe I can't do the vacation. Maybe I'm not gonna eat out as much because I gotta, I gotta get serious about paying back these debts. And when you do that, you take spending out of the economy. And if everybody starts to do that at the same time, as you know, one person's spending is another person's income. Uh, that means that people's incomes will go down, and the the economy will start to to uh, to retract. So, um, great point you made there. We'll be back next week with another episode. As always, uh, no matter where you are in your financial journey, uh, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Welcoming my guest, James Noel, here today. Um, Make sure to check us out on Instagram. Uh, We're at the uh, The Good Samaritan Podcast. And hopefully we'll have some some new media coming for you guys in the the very near uh, future. So we're, we're working on and cooking some things in the lab. Uh, So hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you next week. Peace.